We can't fully appreciate joyful reunions later without tearful separations now. The only way to take sorrow out of death is to take love out of life. Russell M. Nelson. Welcome to the Thy Neighbor podcast, conversations with everyday people who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. I am your host, Tracy Robbins King. Tiffany was born and raised in Holiday, Utah. She met and married Jed Oldham in 2007 and started their family shortly after that. They lived in Spanish Fork on a small farm while Jed finished up his pre-med classes and headed out on their medical school journey in 2009. For about 10 years of their marriage, they spent time in Missouri, Michigan, and Montana. Three years ago, after Jed's schooling was complete, they ended up back in the same farmhouse they started in almost 15 years earlier. Jed is a family medicine doctor in Spanish Fork, Utah, and they have five kids, George, Carter, Lucille, Henry, and Ruby. One of Tiffany's greatest joys and accomplishments is being a wife and a mother. She spends most of her days running kids around and cheering them on in their sports and activities. Each member of the Oldham family loves all things outdoors and especially loves living back on their little farm where they have horses, a couple of cows, chickens, dogs, and some barn cats. Tiffany Mm -hmm. and I knew each other while attending high school many moons ago. Though I haven't seen Tiffany since high school, I have been watching her journey since she lost her oldest child, George, in an accident in March of 2021. He passed away at 12 years old. Since that time, Tiffany has shown up on social media to share her experience through grief since that fateful day. Her posts have blessed my life, and I am beyond honored to have her on the podcast today to share her story. Tiffany, what would you like to share with us from the day George died on March 6th, 2021? Thanks, Tracy, for having me on here. I want to start out by just saying that this is really out of my comfort zone and that I have never done this before. So I um, hope that people will be patient with me as I try and express myself and um, share with them some of my heart. But yes, so. I, on March 6th, 2021, we woke up and it was a beautiful starting to be spring day. And I just remember a lot of people actually ask me is, did anything feel different that day? Did you feel anything coming? And I have rehashed and rehashed that day a million times, um, in the last year and a half. And I can honestly say no. In fact, I felt very opposite. I felt like it was going to be a great day and, um, just kind of leading up to, um, George's accident. Um, Friday night was like a picture perfect night the night before. So we, I had randomly asked my sister on Thursday, I said, Hey, it's supposed to be beautiful weather. Should we get our kids together and play before my nephew's state? basketball game that night. And so we all met and the kids just played for hours and we ordered pizza and it, they rode scooters. And it was one of the first Saturdays that it was warm enough to be outside. And, um, after that we loaded up and we headed to the state game and we cheered and we had the best night and Lehigh basketball won. And 
Um, actually my very last video that I have of George was at that game and I just randomly had turned back behind me and I caught him chest bumping his cousin. And, um, I just remember thinking like, this is awesome. This is great. Like our entire family was there, all of our cousins and everyone. And, um, now looking back, I kind of wonder, did George pick that to be his perfect night because he loved nothing more than going and cheering people on. In fact, multiple times throughout our life, I would tell him like, George, you can't sit by me. If you're going to cheer like that, like it's embarrassing. Like I'm going to make you move up to the top because I just can't have you cheering like that. (laughs) You would know that he was in the crowd. He just loved it so much. And I just, there's so much about that night. That's just so special to me that, um, Jed had drove separately with me and he took some of our younger kids, but George and Carter were determined to stay and greet my nephew Preston after the game. And so we stayed after everyone had left and they went to the bus. And I'm so grateful that George got to give his cousin Preston a high five because that was the last time he got to say goodbye to everyone. And, um, as we drove home, I just remember George being like, all right, did you, we bought tickets then and there for the state game tomorrow on Saturday. And so going back to that Saturday, it's such like a weird feeling because I, I had tickets to go. Like we were heading in the next hour to that state basketball game and just how quickly life can change in a blink of an eye. And, um, but yeah, so Saturday was just, I kind of used the game as leverage for my kids to get their chores done. And we were going to go that afternoon. And, um, I had to run something to the neighbor's house and I had given George the job of watching his baby sister, Ruby. And, um, Jed was outside and I was like, you just take care of her. And I got home and he was so proud of himself. Cause he said, I, changed Ruby's diaper for the first time. And I was just like, wow, now that is truly an act of love because he was freaked out by that. And, um, I just, um, later when I went to get her out of the crib, I saw that the diaper had been put on backwards and I just thought like, oh, that's hilarious. But he, it was a good day. And that's kind of the picture that I want everyone to know. It was not something that I ever suspected. Um, George was also someone who never wanted to be late to anything. And so he was ready for that game early on in the day and asked a million times when we need to leave, we can't be late. Um, I, um, it was about three o'clock and we were planning to leave at four for the game. And I had said, okay, I'm going to hop in the shower and you guys all go with dad and help him get water to our horses. And it's just a chore that we do every day. Um, especially through winter when it's still cold because the ice freezes. And, um, so we have a water trailer that we haul to our horses. Well, um, George was so pumped. He was in his brand new Donovan Mitchell Jersey that he had gotten for his birthday. And I still remember him standing in our back doorway and being like, mom, how do I look? I'm ready for the game. And I told him, you look great. Now go help dad. (laughs) And I didn't know that those were going to be the last words that I got to say to George as he headed out the door, but him and Carter, um, decided that they wanted to ride their new bikes. They had gotten two weeks before at their birthday. 
down alongside my husband as they brought, took the water down to the horses. And it wasn't, but a few minutes later that I, my front door flew open and, uh, Carter came running in the door and said, um, mom come quick. And he was screaming and crying. And I could tell like, it was really, really bad. And so I was hopping in the shower. So I threw on a rope and I ran out the door and, um, in my mind, I suspected something bad. I suspected a broken hip, a broken leg. I never, ever, ever suspected that my little boy would be called home that day. And, um, when I got there, it was very obvious to me that, um, George was not going to make it. And, um, in fact, I couldn't, I, I felt him behind me and around me, but not in his body because I knew he was gone. And, um, I will never, um, forget in that moment, feeling so helpless. So just like, how, what do I do now? Like, this was never a part of what I was supposed to have happened in my life. And, um, I knelt down beside my husband and I put my arm around him and I just remember grabbing George's hands and they were just kind of cupped. And I, um, just squoze them and just told George, like, I did my best and I just love you so much. And I hope that you know that, but I knew that he was gone. And, um, I quickly, like, my first instinct was to just, I just started praying out loud. And I just remember saying over and over, like, Heavenly Father, please send your angels, send your angels to be with my husband and send them to be with my kids who just witnessed such a horrific thing. And um, I just knew that I couldn't do it alone and that I was going to need a whole lot of heaven's help. And um, I just, as I go back to that day, it's a lot of it's a blur, but in the same sense, it's all just very, it's something that I'll never forget. It's something I can't deny that I felt with the most, uh, just so much despair at the same time, you know, but I, I did know that, um, heaven sent help and, um, Anyways, that's kind of goes to the accident and kind of tells you a little bit about what happened to our sweet George. I'm so grateful for you for sharing that with us. And um, I know people struggle to know how to reach out in a tragedy like this. So what felt most nourishing to you during this just Maybe uh, not. I don't know if that's even the, that's probably not the right word. Even nourishing is not the right word. But just what was like? What'd you learn maybe about mourning with others? Okay. Well, um, honestly, I've learned so much. Like I cannot say enough about the kindness and the generosity that was shown to our family. And I, I just kind of, if I were to say anything, I would just say um, like the the thought that, I don't know, the little quote that said that never suppress a generous thought. Um, 
It really is. And it goes a long way. And I honestly think that that is part of the way that our heavenly father um, is able to reach us and help us to is from angels on both sides of the veil. And I, I was blown away by people's generosity. I mean, the most creative ways of showing love and showing up for us and our family and my kids. Um, and I honestly can't say that one was more important than the other. They were all needed, like appreciated, noticed. And like, I honestly think even down to the small text messages that were just, I'm thinking about you and your family and you're in our prayers. It all makes a difference. And it's like that cumulative effort of everyone doing just that little bit. And so I think to just, it's important to follow the spirit because I can't tell you how many times, like I will literally be sitting somewhere and be having a hard day and I'll get a random text messages from one of my medical school friends that lives far away. That just is like, I'm thinking of you. And I'm just like, man, heavenly father really does take care of us. And, um, and he works through other people. And so I think just being mindful of the spirit and how it works with you. Um, because I am trying to do better at that myself now, as I've learned so much from everyone else that, uh, we all need each other and, um, we all have a powerful ability to really help and lift and buoy other people up. I love that. Um, I guess there's always that part of me that's like, I, I feel like you can say the wrong things. And it's just interesting that maybe the best thing is we get to be there and, and just send our love to those who are in that situation. And so I think that's something that sometimes we feel like, what do I do? And it's like, well, you love, I guess. Like you just show up in the best way you know how. And I guess I've experienced that too, where I've been like, I don't even know what to do. For sure. So like I have been in those, in that same situation where I have felt that way as well, where I've been like, oh my goodness, like, what do I say? Um, And how... So I totally get where everyone feels that way, because even if it's something else that someone else is going through, I struggle with that too. Like, what do I say? How do I approach it? What's the right way to do it? And um, I think one of the things that I've learned about grief and stuff like that is just that I feel like the spirit will lead you in a way. And as far as like what not to say, I think sometimes just um, I, I always think people just mean well, no matter what. Um, but sometimes you get the comments that people are trying to fix it for you or remind you of, and, and so sometimes it's good just to listen, just be that listening ear and be like, this is where you're at. And I'm so sorry, you know, like that is so hard and just accept where they're at because it's so complicated and so unpredictable and all of that. Like, I think just listening and, you know, I don't know. I think we've all heard the saying, it's okay to not be okay. And I think that sometimes that's uncomfortable for all of us to see is 
that we want to fix it because we love them or, you know, we want what's best for them. And we want, but like the reality of it is no one can fix that, like that pain that you, and a, a lot of it comes down to just that you miss that person so much. And it's not, it's just your own way of reacting to all of that. And I, um, but I think it's, it's best just to show up and show love and empathy and give them a lot of grace because we fall short in so many ways, but yeah, it's been over 18 months since George's passing. And what are days like for you right now? And how is each day different from the next? Um, well, 18 months sounds really long (laughs) to me, but I, it also seems like yesterday and we're still just kind of riding along the unpredictable waves of grief, but a lot of our life is back to what we used to always do. We go to a lot of games, we go and we cheer and we, you know, run on my kids every which way. And, um, but I think that there's a whole lot more grace in our family as far as like just understanding where everyone's at and what we're having to go through every day and knowing that we're all at different places at different times. And that's kind of a tricky part of like, for me, I feel like my husband and I are grieving differently on one day. And then my kids are grieving differently on another day. And a lot of it kind of like stems back to, you know, we're all just kind of trying to wrap our heads around all that's happened. And it's a lot for my kids. It's a lot for all of us. And so we just kind of are learning to give each other grace wherever we're at. And some days are bad. Some days are heavy. Some days are awesome. And some days we're like, well, we don't know why you're feeling so sad about this. Cause we're having so much fun, you know, but we're all in different places at different times. And I think that that, so, yeah. Yeah. And when you see others in your life go through terrible tragedies as well, how do you mourn with them now? Has anything changed for you as a result of your own tragedy? Um, Yes, I would say I feel like I just, I remember even saying like, I cannot imagine. And even now when I look at other people's stories and everything, I'm just like, I cannot imagine. I don't understand how this can happen to you. And, um, but I think more than anything, it goes back to that same grace that I just have learned that like our heavenly father loves us no matter where we're at. And some days it may come out in anger. Some days it may come out in like sadness. Some days it may come out in, you know, like a depression. There's a lot of ways that, you know, grief, can affect us. And I, I'm also not blind to the fact that I'm just one of the millions of people who are grieving. And there's a lot of things people are grieving over, not just child loss, but, you know, loss of marriage or infertility and all those things. Those are all huge, huge trials. And I just feel like overall, I just can feel differently because of what I've experienced, because I've seen like how it feels to be buried a little bit in the grief and that all of a sudden you're like, what happened to the old me? What happened to the, 
one that could do this and do that. Or, you know, like things don't come as easy anymore and you have to work hard at it and you have to. So I just think that, I don't know. I remember just an instance, this is kind of off topic, but I remember like two weeks after George passed away, going to the grocery store for the very first time. And I remember being like, I hate being out in public because like, can people literally see the heart ache that I feel that I'm like forcing myself to go do this for my child's school project. Like I don't even want to be here, but I remember being at the grocery store and a lady just was like, my cart was kind of in her way of the aisle and she was so rude and so just short. And I just remember thinking like, Oh man, like, I think if you knew really that, like what my heart was feeling, I don't think you'd be so upset about that cart that caused you a two second delay, you know, in your life. And I just remember thinking then, like, if we all wore our own, like grief and our own sorrows and our own struggles and our own, like, temptations and all the things that we're, we deal with in our mortality on our backs. I think we give each other a whole lot more grace and understanding and a lot more love and second chances and all those things. So I don't know. I just, it's a weird thing when you go through something like this, that you literally have, you relook at everything in your life and you're, you're given a lot more compassion for people in all Areas And I am grateful for that. I've always said, I wish I could understand what I do now and feel what I do now without having to go through what I had to go through to get there. Yeah. You've published some thoughts about George on your Facebook wall, and I've read many of them. And I'm curious, how has social media and the capacity to share your experience been helpful to you? Or on the other hand, how has it been difficult? Okay. So I think like how it kind of all started was just my life got really crazy. And I kind of relied on chat books as like a family, you know, journal kind of a thing. And I actually didn't post a ton, but I'd post like little memories of my kids growing up and stuff. It wasn't like a journaling type thing for me, but when George passed away, I realized that with all of our moving around and a lot of the people in different states and stuff, it was kind of a good way for me to like check in and like let people know I'm okay. I'm, you know, we're working through things and, and also just to kind of like communicate with them all at once. And so for me, that was really helpful. I think that it's hard to <laughs> like every time I push like send, I am like, oh, I don't know if I should have shared that. Like I was telling you earlier, sometimes I am an overshare and I just think back to all the times that people have been willing to share their story and how it has helped me. And I mean, even with the loss of George, other moms who are willing to, even though everyone's journey is so different and so unique to themselves, I, I really am, I'm touched and I'm, I'm given help by their ability to like be vulnerable and share. So I've tried to do that. And also I've just felt like I was supposed to, I kind of made a commitment when George passed away, which is why I did this today because, um, but the, just that I would always share George, no matter how hard it was. Thank you for that commitment. 
So will you share a few of the tender mercies that you've experienced since George's death and maybe ones you didn't realize were tender mercies when he was physically still with us? I have tried to be more aware of the tender mercies and some of them I have, um, they're just kind of undeniable to me. Um, I, one instance that I can think of is on Sunday night, the night before George passed away, I had just made a goal to be better at our own family scripture study and come follow me lessons. And so I kind of gathered my kids together and we talked about how we were going to do better. And we watched a little video on LDS.org that kind of coordinated with the lesson and underneath it, it had, and we had looked it up on the LDS.org YouTube and um, underneath it, it had a suggested video. Like they have those little videos underneath and there was a guy holding a basketball. And I remember saying to my kids like, Oh, it's basketball season. You guys love basketball. They were right in the middle of basketball season. Let's watch that one. And it was called one-on-one. And as we started watching it, like we all became super emotional and we quickly realized that it actually wasn't really about basketball, but it was about a dad's journey through his own grief. And as he accidentally ran over his sweet boy, and I still remember exactly where George was sitting on our couch that night and just tears that he just sobbed in the corner of our couch and, um, just had asked like, how does that happen? And, um, this man that it was doing that they were talking about, he just, he was talking about how he had somebody reach out to him and take him to basketball and how they kind of helped friendship him through his grief. And it just, really moved our family. And I think there wasn't a dry eye, but it was an opportunity for me to bear my testimony to my kids of eternal families and that we get to be together forever. And that is one of the greatest blessings that we could ever have. And I look back on that moment and actually it was one of the things that I said as I was with Jed And I came across this accident, like it immediately came to me. And I remember just grabbing Jed and being like, Jed, heavenly father knew this was going to happen. And he was preparing us for this. Do you remember Sunday night? And for me, that was one of the greatest tender mercies of my life because it told me that heavenly father knew me and knew what I would need to help me get through this. And it was undeniable. And it was one of the first things that came to me as I saw George was that that whole thing was meant for us to watch as a family, because we would be going through the very same thing and just anyways. And it was like six years old. It was an old movie too. That was what they had recorded long before. And a lot of people, I think it's easy to talk about coincidences. And I just don't believe in those anymore. I have felt and know that these tender mercies come straight from heaven and they are meant to help, help us along. Thank you for sharing that. And what has been most enlightening and most baffling to you about your choice to reach out to God in this tragedy? 
like to see his hand in it? I honestly think I like growing up, I feel like I had uh, like, I've always just been a believer. I just have felt like I've had a simple testimony of the gospel. And I felt that I always knew that like I had heavenly parents that loved me and, but I, I feel like it was really put to the test. And I remember thinking like, so is this the breaking point? Like, is this where, like, where do I go from here? And I knew that like, it really, I could use this experience to make me bitter and, or I can use it for the personal growth that I really do feel like mortality is, I mean, it's the purpose of mortality is to grow and to learn. And I don't know, I had a, an experience where just last fall, my, I looked out my window and my sweet cousin was out there and she was planting tulips in my yard. And I remember being like, what are you doing here? What are, what in the heck? And she's like, well, I know if I would have told you, you wouldn't have let me come, but she just said, and I'll never forget what she said, but she just said, like, I want to give you something to look forward to. And I just, she herself had been through a lot of her own trials and had battled cancer and she knew what it meant to have something to look forward to. And I think that is the hope and the promise that comes from our savior, Jesus Christ. And I just, as winter went on, like, I just kind of thought in my head, like, Oh, I don't think she knows, but like things don't grow great right here. And, you know, I don't know if those will ever, ever bloom. And, um, as spring like was coming, I remember just seeing like little green sprouts, like emerging out of the ground. And I, I was just like blown away that these things were actually growing. Like I doubted them all winter long. I just thought there's no way those are going to grow, but that was so sweet of her to do. And as they started growing up, I just, they eventually bloomed and it like hit me so much. Like, I just felt like it was a lot how I feel myself and that right now I still feel a little buried and I still feel like things are really hard and I'm, I'm still working through a lot of the things and it will last a long time. But like sometimes these long winters and really hard things in our life, there's growth happening and it's not always obvious and it's not always there, but sometimes it takes all winter long to see that bloom. And that's why, you know, we plant them in the fall and look for something to look forward to. And I, I, that is like, my hope is that I can continue to grow and bloom and that I can use this to better myself and my relationship with my savior. And it definitely has. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was like beyond beautiful. I, wow. I feel like every single person needs to hear that in the whole entire world in regards to just that idea that we have the capacity to like hope for something, you know, to look forward to things. And um, yeah, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And what keeps you holding on to hope when your heart is literally breaking? In one of your posts in June, you wrote about how hard it is and how Henry 
how Henry said, it's been way too long already without George. You also wrote, show me a sign, buddy. Have you had any signs from George or how do you cope with the time part of this circumstance? I think that holding on to the hope is what keeps me going for sure. Just like I was kind of talking about with the tulips and just knowing that I will bloom and I will grow and it will be uncomfortable for a long time, probably. And that that is all a part of the journey and part of mortality is that we experience some really, really hard things. And as far as dealing with time, time is, time is a hard thing. And sometimes it like really can eat you alive when you're like, how long do I have to do this for? What? Like, I just want to be together with him again now. And for kids, it's really hard to comprehend that because you think about how long it is for Christmas to arrive every year or for their birthday. I mean, it's, it feels like forever. Well, to have to wait to see your brother again is a really, really long time for them to have to comprehend. And I try to like honor that because it is, it's hard. It's hard for those kids. And as far as my kids go, I, I let them say whatever they feel and whatever they're thinking at that time, because I know I'm all over the place with what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And sometimes they're asking some really, really hard questions that honestly, I don't know the answers to. And so we have tried really hard to, you know, find ways to connect with George and to, for my kids to, I don't know, but when the church kind of came out with how to hear him as like their theme, I love that because I have thought and done a lot of thinking about how I hear the savior in my life and not to take away from that, but also in a different way, I've wanted my kids to know how to hear George and how to know that he is still very much a part of them and their life and is truly cheering them on, on the other side. And I've loved just how there is a book that we have read as a family and it's hugs from heaven, I believe. And it just talks about all these little ways that you can feel your loved ones near. And my kids have kind of all kind of come up with their own ways that they feel George, but we most definitely feel him. And little signs from him that he's okay. And I've always told my kids that if they're ever sitting there thinking, I wonder if George is here, or I wonder if it probably is that feeling in your heart that tells you that, yes, he is here. And if if you're wondering, yes, yes, that's your answer. And I truly believe that in a lot of ways, this is helping them grow because they're learning how to really listen and tune into their heart and what they're feeling. And anyway, so that's kind of how we kind of deal with that. And how has this event changed your relationship with Christ and maybe with yourself and with others? I think you've kind of covered that a little bit, but how has it changed it maybe for you with Christ? I feel like I have really come to know him and I feel like before I you know, like I said, I had a simple testimony and I, I really feel like I've come to know who he is and I've come to know that he loves and accepts us in all different circumstances. I know that he loves me and he supports me and he cries with me. And he knows that 
I'm doing something that's really hard because if anyone knows and understands it's him and honestly, like, I, I don't think for one second, he thinks like, Oh, you know, you should deal with this better. I really believe that he's like, Oh, I have felt that. And I know how hard that is. And I am so sorry. You know, like I, I really do believe that. And I feel that, and I feel like he meets us sometimes in, at our worst. And sometimes we were like, I don't even know if you like, you're probably so disappointed in me, you know? And, but he really does just love us and he's, he's there for us. And I have, I don't know. I just, I really feel like I have come to know him. And will you tell us about the Cowboy Donuts happiness gift card and what it has represented to you? Yes. So I wrote about this on a post and that's where Tracy got that from. But, um, when shortly after George passed away, we were going through some of the stuff and, um, I came across this cowboy donuts, happiness gift card. It said cowboy donuts and it said happiness card or whatever. And like my heart literally broke. And I just remember grabbing that card and going in my bed and just sobbing and just wondering why I never took George to go get his cowboy donuts. He had won that gift card at a, in like a contest. And he had asked me multiple times, like, Hey mom, will you let's go get our cowboy donuts or let's, you know, and I was like, Oh, let's just say that we'll go we'll do it. You know? And I literally thought I had forever to like go and take him to get his donuts. And I know like, probably from an outsider looking in a lot of people probably think like, it's just donuts. Like it's fine. He did. He didn't need the donuts. He didn't, but for me, it represented so much more. And I think it was that reality that like, I think the innocence was stripped from me of like that tomorrow always comes. And I think I, I don't know, I've taken my cowboy donuts gift card and it has sat on the, edge of our cake stand. That's my centerpiece in my kitchen. And I look at it every day, multiple times. And it is my reminder that tomorrow's not promised. And that sometimes it's better to drop everything and pay attention to the ones that you love. Sometimes those big things that you think are so big are actually not so big after all. And that there's kids that need attention and love and I know it was just a small thing, but for me, it just represents slowing down and just taking time to let, you know, the most important things take your time. I remember, I feel like I have simplified a lot as far as like, I used to get so stressed if my house was messy or someone came over and now I'm just like, come on in, you know? And I think that honestly, I think sometimes we need to reevaluate where we put our time and our energy and things like that. And so for me, it's just that it's not to make me feel sad every day, but it's more just to remind me, like make every minute count and just, you know, slow down, just take that time that you want for those things that matter. And how are his siblings doing and your husband, like, how are, how's your family? Everyone's doing really well regarding like all that they've been through. And, you know, 
I'm really proud of all of them. I've learned that my kids are amazingly strong. And so is my husband. And I think we've grown closer together as a family, as we've tried to support and love each other. It's amazing. Um, the compassion that like a little five-year-old can have as he's working through his own grief and, you know, learning that certain feelings are okay and different things like that. And we're, we're constantly, um, trying to help each other and pull each other up when the other one's down. And luckily it seems like at times one of us is really down and the other one's able to help pull the other one back up. And, but a lot of times it's just listening and letting them feel what they need to feel that day. And it changes literally by the minute sometimes with grief. And sometimes you're having this great time. And then all of a sudden this like heaviness comes in your like, Oh, where did that come from? And I think just being mindful that we're all, we're all just doing our best and we're all at different stages at different times. And, um, but we're all doing, we're all doing good. Thanks for telling us. And is there anything that, um, you want to share that I haven't asked, or is there anything that you would implore those of us around you to like remember in your own experience? I would just say that no matter wherever you're at or whatever you're struggling with or whatever trial you're going through, um, that I can guarantee that you have a loving savior who is mindful of you and that he loves you just the way you are and that he understands the reason you do the things you do and the reason that you struggle with the things that you struggle with. And I just, I'm continually working on that relationship, but I know that, um, no matter what it is, whatever we're going through, that our heavenly father is mindful of us and our circumstance. And so just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And someday that day passes and the next day passes. And I think that was one of my models. I will say was right after George passed away was that I can do today because it was too painful. And still sometimes really is too painful to think about the next trip you have to go on without him, or the next, you know, family party or the next, you know, a lot of those things are really painful, but I've realized that if I, if I break it down and I just say, I can do today that inch by inch day by day that we're making it and we're, we're doing it, you know? So. Well, Tiffany, I did have one question that came to my mind and it might be, I feel like it has to do with the donut card thing in regards that like, there's sometimes this desire to regret or to have regrets from somebody's experience here on earth and then it's over so quickly. And so I'm curious, how have you reconciled regrets if there are any? Yeah, I think that's definitely a side of grief that like, um, is painful because you can sit and you can try and replay things and do things and wonder if you should have done it differently or wonder if you could have done it better. And that can be a really painful cycle. One of my friends who has lost a child, I was talking to her one time about how, you know, it's easy to sit and wonder what if I never would have given George that bike for his birthday? 
what if I never would have given that to him? Like, would this still have happened? And ultimately, I think you can't play the games of what if. And you have to realize if you like one of our family's favorite songs is that um, the miracle by Shauna Edwards. And we sing it at George's baptism and everyone's baptism and at George's funeral. But I just I've tried to rely on it's a lot easier said than done. But I've tried to rely on that. If I truly believe that Jesus is a God of miracles, if he wanted to intervene, he could have. And I just have to know that I did my best and I'm just trying. And I know that the savior accepts your F my effort. And I remember a blessing that I was given shortly after George passed away. And, um, I will never forget the words that were said, but they just said like, heavenly father wants you to know that he accepts your efforts as a mother. And I, I have to cling on to that because there's a lot of things that you can go back and wish were different or could have done better, or would this have changed this? And ultimately I believe that Jesus is the God of miracles and that he loves and accepts my efforts.